Right now is the time to make yourself your all. So when you come together, you got two 100s coming together. I ain't talking 50-50. I'm talking 100-100. And I know in the marriage that I want and I look forward to one day is that I'm whole and the other person is whole. I don't want to necessarily be someone's better half. I want to focus on being the best of me and then being the best of them and us growing together as the best. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Dr. Nina, and I'm super excited about today's episode. But first, I want to apologize because I've been gone for a while, but I got my stride back. Your girl was here and there and everywhere, but we back where we need to be. And you can expect me to be here every other week. But let's go ahead and get into this. Now, today on Now That's Life with Dr. Nina, we're going to explore the single struggle and just how real that is. I also want to discuss some of the single sadness that can be felt and some of the ways to combat those feelings of depression that may settle in from being alone. Notice I use the word alone because that's going to come in handy later. While I'm discussing the over 30 feelings on this, I'm also talking about my younger crowd. So those of you all that wrote in, a lot of you all focused on the approaching 30 and over 30, but I feel like sometimes this sense of loneliness can settle in early on, even in your 20s, your early 20s. And I know that some of my younger audience that is listening can definitely benefit from this discussion as well. So be careful because today is going to be real for sure. I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a tenured professor, a certified professional life coach, and also a clinic director. Some of you all might also be familiar with me from over on YouTube where I'm beautiful brown baby doll. While I want you to have fun and enjoy this podcast and I want it to be a helpful and great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. So let's go ahead and dive right in. This week, I'm going to start off with an anonymous question sent to me on Instagram. Now, remember, if you have any questions or topic ideas, follow me over there at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll and DM me with your ideas or thoughts. And also hit me up on hi at drninaellishervey.com with an email if you have any questions or comments and join that email list at drninaellishervey.com. Also, if you find yourself getting happy and you find some nuggets and quotes that you're enjoying, make sure that you post and tell Tag me at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll on Instagram. Y'all, the important stuff. The question that came in was, could you please discuss the struggle of being single, being patient and dating, and also the depression surrounding being single past 30? What I found most interesting about this question is when I posted it and talked about it in my stories, I got an overwhelming response from others in their 40s and even their 20s, not just the 30s crowd, co-signing. And many of y'all admitted to either being in therapy or needing therapy around this very subject. Now, while I respected this as a big deal, I definitely now know it's a huge deal. Being a psychologist and also being a single or not married woman over 30, I definitely understand this not only personally, but also professionally. And one great resource for me has been Dr. Bella DiPaolo. She's a psychologist that I had the pleasure of hearing present at the American Psychological Association Conference. What is so special about her is that she's an expert on single people. Yes, single people. That's what she studies. That's what she lives that's what she's become an expert at she's also the author of singled out how singles are stereotyped stigmatized and ignored and still live happily ever after i put the link to not only her book 
but also her website in the show description notes. Now on her Psychology Today article, DePaulo states that I want to change the focus on emotions such as happiness, sadness, and loneliness, a focus that has dominated both popular culture and scientific research. When we get preoccupied with those emotions alone, we miss out on the wider range of emotions that give single life its special texture. So I really understood exactly what she meant here is that a lot of times when we think about what we don't have in general in life, we fail to realize what we do. And so what ends up happening is we focus so much on what's missing or what we think is missing and perceive that way that it drives us into this sad and lonely space, right? So we're not even working on what we do have and appreciating that and growing that along the way of picking up those things that we do want, but we're so focused on what we don't have that it seems so far removed from us that we overlook all the good and we force ourselves into a really bad place and position. Today, y'all, I'm gonna be straight up and I'm gonna mention some of the negative and positive emotions that DePaulo mentions and cites related to being single and also mingle that in with my own experiences and my ideas of some constructive ways to combat the depression, quote unquote, that comes along with being single or alone. Now I'm going to say alone. Again, that's going to come in handy. I will also include some of the ways that friends and family might lightly support single people in their lives and how they might be more sensitive to their choices and their current life experiences. Notice I don't say their current situation because when you say situation, sometimes it stigmatizes it. It makes it negative already. Being single ain't necessarily a situation. So let's get out of that first off. Sometimes it's a choice and sometimes it's the best choice for some people. And even if it's not a choice right now and you are seeking a mate and that's what you want, a lot of times that journey of being single and working on yourself is the best thing you could do so you don't fall into desperation. Y'all, I'm gonna go ahead and be a little selfish here. When I have the choice between bad news and good news or good and bad, I go with bad first because I feel like you should always end on a high note. So we're gonna start with the bad things associated with single life. I'm sure there's other things you can associate with single life, but these are some of the things that I hear repeatedly that people constantly often experience and hear and might even think about their own situations. So what might be causing your feelings of depression and your sadness? Let's think about the fact that you get looks of pity when you mention that you're not married. And a lot of times I think that that's so interesting. I've said it to people in many different ways. I'm a researcher at heart. So I found ways to say it, you know, either happily, neutral, sad, whatever. And the response is often the same, you know, even if I'm like, yeah, I'm single, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And it's still like this, oh, and I'm like, wow, you know, like I can't be okay with being single or maybe I'm working towards something different or, you know, anything. It's always a sense or look of pity or almost a quietness. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And I know that's something that DePaulo pointed out as well. Those depressed feelings that we get can often come from that, right? So we might not even feel a certain pressure on our own, but because of that social outlook, 
because of the way that others view you, it could cause you to get caught up in that and then make you confused about what you even want or what you think about yourself and your specific experience. Y'all, this next one is something that I know that I've encountered personally and have heard it from others. The whole why you are single list, right? So it's quietly stated, it's stated behind closed doors, you know it's being talked about, you know it's being discussed in your absence, it's sometimes discussed right in your face. I know for me, I've had people tell me or come back to me and say, you know, that person was wondering why you were single. They were thinking she must be crazy or she must be too focused on her career or she must be a workaholic or she must be this or she must be that or she must be too strong, you know, and we already know and I know everyone that's listening to my podcast isn't necessarily African-American. However, we do know that African-American women are often associated with that too strong type label. I think another thing that we have to be a little bit more cognizant about is that not all of us exude that. And I think many of us from different backgrounds, depending on where we're from and who we are in our culture, no matter what race we are, can exude too much quote unquote strength, if you want to call it that, or combativeness or attitude, whatever negative connotation we want to put on it. But whatever it is, these are often on that list of the reasons why that person is single. And so this usually comes from people who are in relationships or, you know, married, and they think that because that's happened for them, that their experience should be that of others. And I'm not saying everyone does this because I have some wonderful, amazing best friends who are married, who are very sensitive to my life experiences. And so they know the truth. They know what it is and they go with that. However, I do know that a lot of people do go through the whole having to explain that or having to not come off a certain way because they don't want people to think that they know the reason why they're single. And why does it have to be a reason? If I just want to be single, then that's fine. If I just got out of a relationship, maybe I just want time to myself. Maybe I want my solitude. Maybe I want my health. Maybe I want my happiness and my quietness. And that doesn't involve anybody else right now. Why can't that be the reason? But I think at a certain age, especially that over 30 age or approaching 30, it is really hard on us to have this perfect reason available and ready when asked because there has to be a reason. There has to be, and we got to get to the bottom of it. The next thing that DePaulo cited was getting excluded from social events because you're single. And I know many of us have had those situations where that happens. I think, you know, maybe the first few times that happened to me, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's a couple's thing or a married thing. And I guess because I always had so much to do, look, you got to stay busy. <laughs> when you stay busy and you drink your water, you don't have time to be thirsty. That's how I feel. So what I'm saying here is this. I think that it's important that even in that single life that you keep a schedule, you keep things that are important to you because those situations, I always think maybe one day that'll come for me. You know, maybe one day I'll have an event or I'll be able to attend an event because I'm in a marriage, a happy marriage. However, at this time I'm single, okay? And so instead of me going home being sad that I wasn't invited to the married event, let me go home and do my single business. 
And I think sometimes we get too caught up on not being able to come or not being included instead of thinking about, hmm, this might be the opportunity for me to seize the moment and do some things that I find valuable and that I enjoy. Does it make that event any less important? No, it just means that it's not my time for that event and that's certainly just fine. Besides spending time with yourself, this is also a great time to foster relationships with people outside of significant others. Some of those relationships we often neglect. For some of us, that could be an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a friend, someone that you actually enjoy spending time with that does add life and value to you. Someone that does encourage you or makes you feel secure. It can also help with relationship building in those intimate relationships. So even if you are with someone and you're not married yet, it does teach you the value of balancing relationships and having people outside of the realm of a significant other. Woo, y'all, this next one is often, I think, overlooked and something that we don't talk about enough. And DePaulo really talks about this. She talks about the expectation that you will shower couples with enthusiasm, congratulations, and gifts when they wed, even if they never acknowledge the meaningful milestones in your life. And I I don't know about y'all, but I have, again, a really great and strong friend group. So I haven't really experienced this so much, but I have seen where certain people don't believe after getting married that there's really anything for them to celebrate for their single friends, right? So that leads that single friends to feel depressed, leaves them feeling undersupported and maybe not as significant in life, right? So even if you have a friend that's gotten married and that is, you know, spending time with their significant other, it might come off as you being upset because a lot of times what you're doing is not seen as important. So then people might attach that to you being depressed or having negative feelings about not being married when it actually is that you just feel like there's other things in your life and that you want your friends to support you and the things that you have that you feel are important because we will go through these times where people get married and we'll shower them with gifts, we'll love them, we'll do the shower, the bridal showers, the men get the bachelor parties and the bachelorette party for the women and then all these other things and then let's not even talk about the costs of weddings and even being in a wedding. You show up and, and you give all of that and then to turn around and when you get promotion or make partner or do something great or even just you know throw a celebratory event for someone or for yourself, it's not seen as as valuable when those might be the very significant milestones in your life. And so I think sometimes that leaves people feeling depleted, feeling sad, feeling undersupported, which leads to those feelings of depression. So it might not again be related to being single, it might just be some of the symptoms of being single. You see where I'm going there? So instead of this whole situation where it's like, oh, nobody wants me or I'm not with anyone, someone could be perfectly happy being single, but those types of situations help to highlight yet again that what I'm doing is insignificant if I'm not getting married, if I'm not with a significant other, if I'm not building a family per se right this moment. So that's another one that's highly 
I, I think overlooked. The next one is a big one too. And I know being a single woman over 30, I log on to the internet, I get on Google, Yahoo story pops up, whatever it is. And there's often that flood of media headlines that proclaim that married people are better than you are and that science says so. But what people don't realize, especially the general public that don't really necessarily understand research and what it states, is that it doesn't say that. Basically, if you're not in a healthy, committed, and happy relationship, of course, you're not going to have the happy feelings. And a lot of people are not experiencing that in their relationships, and that's never discussed. There's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors in relationships that I think sometimes is idolized by those who are desperately not wanting to be single. And so they get into relationships and they become unhappy because their expectations are off. So science doesn't really say that married people are better or necessarily 100% better off. That's if you're in a healthy supportive relationship and not everyone's in those. And so even with single life, if you learn to balance it and you have a good full and healthy life and relationships outside of yourself, you can be healthy. You learn a lot of things. And of course, we're going to get to the good things about that. But I say that to say a lot of times we're inundated with these thoughts of I am not okay. I'm not married. And even science is saying that something is wrong with me. And then there's all these headlines that just make it even worse, especially as a woman of color. Let me be specific. A black woman, I find that a lot of times it is highly pressed on me to be like, well, you know, you might not ever get married because that's often what's told to me. It's easy to get caught up in that and not caught up in what you actually want from life. And what I've learned from that process and even this being mentioned by DePaulo is that I've had to put that in perspective. Nina, you have done much with your life. And I'm not just even talking about school. I'm not talking about the accolades. I'm not talking about the doctorate. Those are great side things that I've earned and thank God for that. But let me think about my relationship with my higher being, with God. Let me also think about the relationships I've developed with good friends, good family, the people that I've met along the way, the lives that I've changed, the things that I've come on this earth to do. And if I don't enjoy those things and live like today could be my last, I might be living in the future that might not ever happen, right? So that keeps you down too, because you're not living in your truth right this moment. You're not living where you are and you're not seeking to make that the best life possible. And so instead of looking at those headlines and saying, hey, you know, how do I fit into this? How do I play into this? And what do I actually want for my life? Should I be bothered by this? And is this even true? Because some of the research out there that's claiming to be quote unquote research is not really research then I, I need to be okay with where I am right now instead of me trying to long for something that may not come my way because life might end at a certain time. And I'm not trying to be, um, I'm not trying to be morbid, y'all. I'm just being realistic. And when we keep living for tomorrow, we forget about what's right now and what's good for us right now. We get too focused on what might be and what could be, which might never be. So somebody might get a little bit angry with this next one, but DePaulo cites that marriage proposals and now even prom proposals and wedding celebrations become ever more elaborate and showy while single people continue to be wrongly tagged as self-centered. Now, if you like me, you hear a lot of times people say, well, you only got to worry about yourself. Well, you're lucky you get to only worry about you and you can do that because you only get to worry about you. 
Yeah, you only have to worry about yourself. Well, while that's true, for now, people discount the things that you do for others. DePaulo also found in her research on singles that with the exception of married people giving more to church groups, single people are more generous with their time, their money, and their caring than married people are. They're more involved in their communities. They do more for the people around them. Often they make their time available. They volunteer a lot more and they do a lot more for others, period. While I hear this constant thought that singles are quite selfish with their time and they only think about themselves and that's the only person they have to worry about, it's so totally untrue. If I'm always hearing that I'm selfish, that's possibly gonna mess with my thought process as well. We have to watch what we think single people do. I don't just sit up in my house all day and put on makeup and dress myself and take a shower all day like that's not what I do I do try to make sure I do things for others like make sure that I'm out in my community make sure that I'm helping others make sure that I'm available to others that I mentor that I get out in my community and make a difference and so I think we have to stop thinking that just because a person isn't married without a family that they're not giving to anyone there's a lot of other people in this life to give to and while eventually I would love to be able to give to a family and I figure that will possibly happen on God's time I ain't out here just giving to myself and you know what ain't nothing wrong with really caring about yourself. That's another problem I have in this world centered around this conversation is that there's something wrong with working on you. If I'm not harming anyone, if I'm doing what's just and what's right for my life and being an upstanding citizen while often lending my time to others, then let me do what I do and mind my single business. The next thing to Paulo cites is popular culture and its manifestations of continuing to romanticize or promote couples and coupling while it stigmatizes and stereotypes single people. So a lot of times when we watch movies and we watch television shows and even reality TV, we see a big difference in the way that married people as opposed to single people are portrayed. And I think a lot of the things we've already talked about fit in with that, like the level of selfishness, the level of not really having much to do other than just to be out in these streets doing whatever and whoever, right? The other thing is being portrayed as irresponsible or not as smart or even just not really as involved when that could be totally different for different singles and different married couples as well. So I think sometimes a lot of our depression and sadness comes from these media portrayals as well. Again, not totally related to your own thoughts and feelings about your experience as a single person. It could be that the social ideals and those pressures are weighing in, which actually don't help the situation to feel any different or any better. And I think it makes it harder to celebrate being who you are or even not picking up a sense of guilt for celebrating who you are as a single person. It's almost like if it's not involving someone else past a certain age, then it's trivial, it's babyish, and it's dumb. And I hate that. I hate that part of it because, again, you can be labeled and tagged self-centered as opposed to a person who might be just well-balanced, taking care of business, doing what they need to, and also being a great asset to those around them. So, again, think about where that level of sadness is coming from and if it's truly coming from your core person. And we're going to also make sure we move into why and think about whether your sadness is truly coming from your core person or is it 
coming from situations where you're seeing how singles are portrayed, how you might be thought of, thinking about those quiet whispers, all the other things that come along with being single, as opposed to where you are, where you think you are, and how you feel about self. As if all of these things were not enough, DePaulo also cites that there's big time serious discrimination against people who are single. And I'm sure you guys have seen this. I know that in my years of building my career and making money, things like that, let's think about one of the biggest penalties, not being married and your taxes, right? I don't get no tax breaks for being single. <laughs> I'm just be honest. And I'm sure if you have found one, uh, you would let the world know perhaps or let me know at least. Um, however, there is no uh, benefits there or tax breaks for being a single person, even if you are good for society. I think another thing is that sometimes in the workplace, if you are a single person, people expect that you can do more, you can travel more, you can be around more just because they assume that since you're not married and don't have children, you probably have more time on your hands, okay? So another thing is just even housing situations and singles not being offered some of the same opportunities. And not that I'm saying that we should have everything that couples do, but even just the basic situations in life, you know, even for a single man. So not even just putting in the female part, a single man working a job or working up the corporate ladder as a single man is more likely to make less than his married counterparts. So it's a difficulty for both sexes. Okay. So it affects a lot of us. And I'm sure you can think of other ways that you may have been discriminated against due to not being married. And again, that adds to those social pressures. I told you guys that I was going to also talk about the good in some ways to combat this sadness. And we're going to get into that after the break. But one thing I want to say is, I think this is the place where our friends, our family can step up and also be supportive of us in these situations. I think many of the things that have been mentioned are often first imposed on us by family members and those closest to us. The way to be supportive to those that are single is to not just focus on them being single. That's not the only thing in their lives. And I think it's important to make them feel valuable so that they don't run out and start making bad decisions. When I say make bad decisions, get in bad relationships, prematurely start situations with others or just running out and having children or other situations or getting in other committed situations out of being afraid that they're going to run out of time. I'm not saying that it's anybody's fault for someone else, a single making decisions that they shouldn't because others are putting social pressures on them. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that they may start to think that they should make certain decisions because of the pressures that they're experiencing, which might also lead to sadness and more depression. So I think that it's important for us to focus on more than just them being single. And I think that it's interesting because those of us that do or have become more comfortable in our skin with that, like myself, I know for me, I love to travel. I love to do other things. I love to attend my church. I love to have my friends around. I love to do different things. And I also love my alone time. And I think it's funny that even my friends and family have learned that about me. They know that I treasure my time with self and they know that I treasure my experiences. And I think you have to build enough trust in yourself to show people better than you can tell them. As I always tell you all, is to not always fall into the rut of letting other people's opinions of your life be the truth. If that's not the truth, then keep living your truth. People have nothing but what you show them. So if you're running out, making bad decisions or trying to hop in these 
quick one-off relationships just because of the pressures of society, then they're going to continue to view you in that negative single light. And I'm not saying that gives them the right to do so, but they will, which will continue to come back on you and cause more pressures, upset feelings, and also anger and possibly sadness and depressed feelings. So I'm just trying to say we all got to support each other because for the person that's single, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know if they choosing to be single for many different reasons. And then also for the single person, don't always idolize what someone else has. You don't know what they've gone through in their relationship. I always like to say that relationships are about 15 to 20% of what you see and about 80% was really happening behind closed doors. So when you idolize a relationship and you think that because this person is married and because they have this and because they have that, they're so happy or because they take Facebook pictures or because they take all of these Instagram trips, that doesn't necessarily mean they're all the way happy or have the type of relationship that you would want to have. So take this time to be happy for others while also being happy in your own skin. Now we're gonna take a moment and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're gonna be discussing the positives that are related to being single. We're also gonna talk a little bit about the ways we can be supportive to one another, whether married or single. I think it's all about being good friends, good family, and making sure that everyone is taken care of of, not just because of their single status or their married status, but making them feel valued, appreciated, and also a part of the team. What's up, y'all? We are back from the break, and I'm going to go ahead and dive right into the good stuff associated with single life, but I'm sure there are others, and there are many that go unacknowledged, many things that we don't even think about, and these are by DePaulo, but of course, again, I'm infusing my thoughts, my inspirations, and just some takeaways that we can use through this difficult journey for some of us and for some of us that are continually doing well with it and also healthily seeking good partners just maybe provide some source of inspiration. The first thing is that you get to, as a single, create the life that is most meaningful for you. A lot of times we think and we allow others to think that being single is not always by choice. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's not by choice. Sometimes you don't want to be, but you happen to be. Sometimes, however, it is. And some of us, depending on our situation, know that's where we need to be. We need to park it. We don't need to be dating nobody. And we don't need to be nobody's wives or husbands at this time. And some of us, however, are just caught in the middle where we are accepting life where it is and we're fine with life and we're actually happy, but we find this nagging feeling of there should be more of a definition because everybody else is and everybody else has a partner and a person who helps to define them and they have other roles that I don't. And what I want you to remember though is that you take this time to figure out what's best for you, what's good in your life and maybe your higher being is setting you up to really think about this because you haven't really taken the full time and scope and inventory of the life that you have been given and the life that you have and not just been given, the life you worked for. And so I think when I see depression related to this, it worries me because people never count in what they have that not just that others don't, 
but that they haven't even taken inventory of. And so now is the time for you to figure out what's meaningful for you, what's good for you, what do you love, what's great in your life. Because I tell you one thing, I am now happily in a relationship. And with that, I'm still trying to make sure I balance knowing what's great and meaningful for me. What do I love doing? And not just as a couple, but what do I love doing on my own? What do I love? What is it that Nina looks forward to? What does she adore? What is What does she have that makes her different, unique, prosperous? Um, and sometimes you can lose sight of that when you're always focused on being a couple as opposed to being a single. And I'm not saying that married people don't do this. I think healthy married people also keep that balance. But I think now while you are single and not married, it's the best time to take inventory of those things and create this life that you know makes you and brings you the most gratitude, the thing that makes you who you are, the thing that helps you to proudly stand alone. And a lot of us have not explored those things about ourselves and we need to go back and do it and hold ourselves accountable while doing so. The next thing is deciding for yourself what matters most and knowing it does not have to be just one person or only someone you are presumed to be having sex with. One thing I want y'all to remember is that not one person is going to be able to define your happiness. A relationship should not define your happiness. Think about the relationships you've had from childhood, whether they've been rocky, whether they've been healthy, whether they've been good, friendships, family relationships, and other relationships, right? The fact of the matter is there were ups and downs in each one of them. I know in some of my longest relationships, some of my longest friendships span 30 years. Do you hear me? Just about 30 years. And there been ups and downs. Everything has not been perfect. Everything has not been happy, but we've had to work at our relationships. Even though they're not romantic relationships, we've had to work at what those relationships look like. We've had to sustain them. We've had to put in time. We've had to make sure we check in, that we talk about the hard stuff, that we talk about the good stuff as well. What happens sometimes is we think that a relationship will help to define that happiness. And so when you're sitting there longing, instead of defining what makes you you and yourself happy then you end up getting caught up in this whole what I could have what I don't have and having a spirit that does not have gratitude often adds to a level of depression in itself you have to find gratitude in what you have you have to find happiness and be thankful for what you have right now and I'm not saying make up in your head that everything is going to be okay and everything is perfect. However, taking something that doesn't yet exist and not working on yourself right now is going to make you unhappy, right? So if you're not spending time, quality time with yourself, changing, developing, growing, and becoming a better person, which we hope in turn will make you a better mate, and hopefully a better married person in your future, then you're not only going to be unhappy now, you're going to be unhappy later. You're going to place a lot of pressure on someone else to make you happy. You're not going to make yourself responsible for having extracurricular activities, for maintaining friendships outside of your marriage, for having things that you adore and that you love about yourself besides what your significant other does. Because believe me, they're not going to be walking around all day with roses and bottles of Moscato telling you how sweet and beautiful you are. That's not, that's not how this works. And there's going to be ups and downs and you have to have those expectations and also be real with yourself. 
What can you be working on and changing right now? Some of us need to be in therapy. And that's not a bad thing. Your girl, Dr. Nina, is a psychologist who goes to therapy. I've admitted this many times. So some of us need to be focused right now on fixing and changing and growing where we are so that we can become better rooted and seated for that other foundation whenever that comes. And also, you shouldn't be longing for it. A lot of times when you look for stuff, you find the wrong things. You know, I mentioned earlier, if you stay nourished and you drink your water, you're less thirsty. If you feed yourself, if you take care of yourself, you're less thirsty for others to do it for you. And I'm not saying you shouldn't look for a partner that can provide and be there for you and be loving and, and adoring, but they shouldn't be your all. And so right now is the time to make yourself your all. So when you come together, you got two 100s coming together. I ain't talking 50-50. I'm talking 100-100. And I know in the marriage that I want and I look forward to one day is that I'm whole and the other person is whole. I don't want to necessarily be someone's better half. I want to focus on being the best of me and them being the best of them and us growing together as the best. And, and that's all to it. I had a very wise woman tell me years ago, very honest, and I think more married people should be honest with single people. And this was at a time where I was really, really self-loathing. Um, I would say that I was kind of down and I was actually in my late 20s. It's funny. Um, I was traveling. I was doing speaking engagements just as I am now and working. And I had begun my career and, you know, really doing well. But I always was longing for this perfect relationship and for this marriage because I saw everybody getting married and I didn't even know I knew what marriage was. I never really saw my mother in a married relationship. I'm an adopted child of a single woman. And so I didn't even know what I was longing for. And this woman set me down and she said, Nina, I'm going to tell you this. I love my husband. I love my children. But what I love about your position right now is that you have the opportunity to make life what you want before that time comes. Make the best of it. And she said, and I would never take back my children or my husband, but there are things in life I wish I had have done before I committed to that part of my life. Because now I feel like I'm playing catch up. I feel like I'm having to do things in my spare time, which is very little because I have two children and a husband. And so while you have this time, make the most of it. And that is the best advice I can say that I've received from multiple married people. And while I have some that are still on my head about you are too amazing to not be married and what's wrong with you and you know that and the other, I've always remembered that piece of advice. Not that there's something wrong with you, but maybe you should be working towards what you want and working towards being the person you want to be so that when that time comes, you don't have to look back and regret the time wasted. So I want you to pull yourself together. Those of you all that have written me that have said that you feel this overwhelming need to be with someone and it's causing you depression Feel the overwhelming need to give back to yourself. You have the time to define what and who you are and what's important to you. Make the most of it. The next thing cited by DePaulo is plain and simple. Making your own decisions with as much or as little input from others as you desire. Y'all, I could almost get even more emotional on this point more than I did on the last one. I think a lot of times when I got into certain relationships, it's not even what I wanted. You know, it wasn't even a real decision that I made. A lot of the relationships that I got into, which, you know, 
one relationship after the next. They were all mostly long-term, but failed. And I think a lot of times I didn't really make decisions. I just got in relationships with people who wanted to be with me. And I'm just using myself as an example because I think I've seen that with other people as well. And it's a lack of making decisions, a lack of being decisive. And I'm not saying turn away everybody that comes your way. Ain't going to be no magic prince charmings or princess amazings. I'm just saying, make sure that you think in terms of what do I want and what's realistic for my life? Not just does this person want to be with me? There needs to be standards. There needs to be a criteria and it doesn't have to reach the skies, but it definitely should fulfill some of the life that you want for yourself. And that's not 100% everything. Nobody, again, can be your 100% all, nor will they be perfect because you ain't perfect, okay? And that's something I had to realize too. But in saying that, a good thing is that now you do have the chance to make your own decisions. You do have the time to look at things for what they are, decide on what you want, and also decide if you want to work on yourself first, not just if someone wants to be with you. The next thing is developing the skills you need to navigate all sorts of life tasks rather than counting on someone else to cover half of them. <laughs> this one, though, I know can get a little controversial because a lot of women have been pegged as being a little too independent. Now, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying be overly, you know, I got it. I can do this. I got it all by myself. I'm not saying that. But I think getting used to paying your own bills running your own household for a little while, figuring out how you set up things, how you like things done. How do you like your cleaning done? Uh, do you like to contract out for a lot of the things you do or do you tend to want to do them on your own? I think these are important points and factors because when you join with someone else, they're going to have their own way of doing things. And it's important that you also have some set things that you like done and have a flow for how you achieve them so that they can respect how you do things too. Okay. And I say this because I think it's taught me so much. I'm not always looking for someone to do for me. However, let me tell y'all something about Dr. Nina. I'm a little bit more traditional than people might think I am. I think it's good to have a man that wants to provide. Do I think it's nice to be a woman who can? Yes. However, I do love to be taken care of. And I think that that's an okay thing to admit. <gasps> Big wow, right? Uh, and what I mean by that, though, is that I've learned and I've figured it out in 30 plus years how to take care of myself. So at least I know when something ain't quite right, when somebody trying to take over something, I can offer advice with love and be caring and also have an input and a brain. I also think that being able to take care of myself is something that I've treasured and not so much that I'm not willing to give some of it up. <laughs> So I think taking this time to really understand what it's like to take care of self, to really invest in self, and that's in many different ways, not just monetarily, right? So I realize that it's okay to push myself to get up to work out every day. It's okay to push myself to complete my work and my tasks. Again, push myself to pay my bills, to go to church, to do all of these things. And yes, while 
my great and amazing significant other helps with those things, I also have some autonomy and some self-directed behaviors that push me to do things on my own as well. Because I've learned that someone should not be 100% responsible for me. There's some things I need to be responsible for and take care of on my own. The next thing cited is arranging your life to have the right combination for you of time alone and time with other people. And I think one thing that we take for granted in being single is that we do have some alone time. We do have that time where we're able to think about who do we want to spend our time with why and when and I can guarantee you even if you're a single mother even if you're a single father you probably have a little bit more time to think about what you can and cannot do as opposed to sometimes when you're a couple or you're married and I've never been married but I've listened to my married friends right the best way to learn about something is to learn from those that have been there and sometimes they have to do a lot that they don't necessarily want to do. <laughs> and and what I mean is you make a lot of sacrifices during that time to go spend time with different people that you might not necessarily fit in with or go to different things or go to different support things or groups or all of that kind of thing that you didn't necessarily have to worry about when you were single. And that doesn't make it bad that you don't necessarily want to do those things. But what I'm saying is, while you're single, you can take advantage of some of that time. Some of that time to be able to say, well, I wanna do this, or I wanna spend my time here, or I wanna spend more of my time here, while it's just you. So you have some of that, again, autonomy, and that ability to make those decisions on your own, and also set up the life that you want for yourself during that period. I think, you know, it sounds sad to have to do some things by yourself. I'm gonna tell y'all though, it was for years when I was in long-term relationships and then I wouldn't even have like the holidays to myself. I didn't even remember what a holiday was like by myself and I dreaded it. I, I dreaded it. I absolutely was afraid. And then when I had it, it was actually pretty fun because I was able to determine whose house I was going to, when, what I was going to eat, what I was taking, what I was going to wear, all of that. And not to say that being in a relationship changed that. And I'm pretty sure it's much different being married. I remember just that freedom. I remember that thought process of, huh, well, I get to make this decision. I get to make this decision if I want to stay at home alone or if I want to go to family members' homes or to friends' homes. And I can decide how long I stay there and how long it takes me to come back. And it was a very liberating feeling. Is it okay that, you know, maybe you might want to spend those holidays with a significant other? Certainly fine. But is it good to experience it? by yourself and know what that's like to make that decision and see what it's like you might decide that you like that feeling as well and like i said i'm not here to shame you for wanting more than just you but be careful what you're looking for make sure that you're searching for yourself within that and that's the whole thing here is to be able to move and groove how you want right now and figure out life right now the way that you would like make those decisions now and treasure having that time i know that i've somewhat mentioned this one and it's interesting to me that a lot of people don't enjoy solitude that was one thing that DePaulo mentioned is savoring your solitude and you know I grew up the only child for many, many years. I was also, as a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, a solo. So I know about doing things by myself. However, a lot of times I wasn't always alone. And alone does not mean lonely. Solitude does not equal loneliness. 
I think what I started to do in my solitude was to rest, to relax, to not be under the pressures of others, to not have to do things for everybody at one time. Sometimes I just like to sit in the comforts of my home and do nothing. Sometimes I like to travel and be by myself. Sometimes I like to sit in a room by myself. Heck, let me tell y'all something else. It ain't nothing wrong with just sitting and thinking by yourself. Sometimes you get some of your clearest and, and best thoughts when alone. And I think instead of us viewing that alone piece as loneliness or something that could be seen as negative, we should attach it to our time to give back to self so we can be our best around and for others. So I think if we start to attach it to those more positive things, then being in solitude, being by yourself won't seem so frightening. And I think sometimes because we don't even know and like ourselves. We expect to get into this relationship where someone shows us our value, where someone gets to know us and like us, but we don't even hold those same standards for ourselves. So that solitude really serves as a time for you to give back to you and understand you. How can you tell somebody how to treat you if you don't know how to treat yourself? So it's really a positive thing. If you know what you like and what you don't, by yourself. You can also offer that information to someone else and stand firm on it. I know people that have taken on things in relationships just because they think that's what you're supposed to do. Now, sacrifice is different. I'm not talking about sacrifice. That's a whole nother layer of relationships. Yes, you should sacrifice for your significant other. However, I'm talking about not even engaging in the things you like to do because you have nothing you like to do. You don't even know what you like because you've spent all your time with other people and allowed them to dictate what it is you like and should like and shouldn't like. Be very careful with that because that can start to shape and form your thought process about yourself and you'll get lost in that. So really learn to savor that alone time, savor that solitude. The last thing that DePaulo cites is getting to grow and develop over the course of your life. And this is something that you all have seen me do. Those of you all that watch my YouTube channel, those of you all who have watched my growth over the years, this is something I've been able to do. And I hold firm to that. I hold firm to the fact that I've been able to really learn Nina. I've been really able to appreciate her, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I appreciate that time. And I know that now what my worth is, no matter my age, no matter why, you know, why I'm not married, whatever it is, I know that my value falls in far more than just that. And I've built that value. And the great thing about it is that value also comes with being able to admit to my faults, to my pains, to my lows, and also to celebrate my highs. And so I think one thing that we have to treasure again is that development and that growth. And sometimes it's not our time. I've seen some of my friends who got married and weren't quite who they needed to be. And weren't quite in a place that they needed to be for that marriage to be sustained. And they are no longer married. And I know some of the reasons when I got into it with them or just talking to them, because I like to ask the real hard questions, is that they did it before they really knew their own identity. They didn't feel that they had the time to grow. They felt like they made a decision because society said they should have or because their family said they should, not because they wanted to. Not because they prayed about it, not because they had a close relationship with God and they knew that this was the direction that they needed. 
Sometimes we cause ourselves more turmoil trying to be in these relationships that look really glamorous and beautiful, but they just do that. They look really glamorous and beautiful. They are not. And if you really know relationships and the way that I've studied marriage and even looking at DePaulo's research, it takes a strong person and a person who's really whole to sustain and carry a marriage. And it should be two strong people coming together, putting their strengths together and really pulling together for those hard times, being able to depend on one another, being able to love one another through the ups and the downs. And sometimes I don't think that marriage is looked at that way. I don't even know if it was always looked at that way. When you think about some of the older time marriages that were out there that were because of convenience or because of socioeconomic gain. I know that I want differently for myself and I've learned that through my own dedication to self. I think that's something that everyone should seek to go on a journey for. And we see that in the research by DePaulo, it's definitely a good thing to seek to do. All in all, y'all, I want you to focus on really taking care of yourself, really become the expert on yourself so that when the time comes for you to enter into a happy and healthy relationship, you know what you want and you know what you don't. And you also know how to accept yourself and your flaws and someone else and their flaws. And also with our married friends who support us continue to support us continue to love us continue to speak words of encouragement and also stop trying to hook us up with these og junkie bobs that you know ain't no good just because you want your friend to get married look i'm I'm just gonna say it i'm gonna put it out there <laughs> and stop making your friends feel guilty for not being a part of the married club we can be happy for you on the sidelines and not even on the sidelines because we still in our own lane doing our own thing. So we're just running another lane that you're not in. And you happen to have two cars in your lane. We have our one and we're doing all right. Support us in that. And so I think that one thing that we can do together is to educate one another, to speak more to each other and not to what we think we know. I think uh, that will help as well. Ask your friend how they doing. Ask that single friend how they doing. And single friend, ask that married friend how they doing. Because married life ain't always what we think it is either. Ask the questions you need to of those that have been in successful and non-successful relationships before you go getting jealous of things that you know nothing about. So I hope today has been beneficial, y'all. And that is all for today. Stay tuned for more, though. Subscribe so you know when I post my next episode. And make sure you sign up for my free e-newsletter on DrNinaEllisHerby.com. And you'll also receive my free eight-day supernatural video course. You can also find me on YouTube and across the internet, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina. I also want to make sure that I let you guys know that here soon, your girl will be releasing something special. It's a mentorship membership, which is going to teach a lot of these things and more at a higher level. Also give you the chance to really be mentored by me on many different things, including career success, friendships, relationships, and also specific lifestyle courses that can aid you in living your best life possible. If you found this episode to be good to your heart, soul, and mind, take your time go ahead and post it, screenshot it, throw it in your stories and tag me or put it on your Instagram timeline and tag me. I usually respond pretty quickly. So thanks so much for listening, guys. I'm going to catch you in the next episode. Dr. Nina signing off. Peace.